Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by IOLife Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. It's good to be with you again. Uh, on today's show, we have Jennifer Snyder with us. So Jennifer is the founder of Partner Ecosystem Development. So I had the opportunity to meet Jennifer recently, and uh, I love what she's doing, love her background in partnerships. Anybody in partnerships, I, I love chatting with them. But uh, great to uh, be with you, Jennifer. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Mark, thank you so much. And thanks to Partner Economics. We're really excited for Partnernomics and the opportunity to speak today and continue to work with you guys. So I'm happy to give you a little background. Um, I started my partnerships at HubSpot at a young age. I was one of the first 20 employees of HubSpot and really got to grow my career with the HubSpot team. I spent 13 years from startup phase to going public and seeing all those different phases of partnerships as they continue to evolve. Loved it. Absolutely still bleed orange in many ways and I'm rooting them on from the sidelines. But HubSpot did help me to get my MBA. And from there, I said, I want to see how I can help others grow partnerships because I saw the power and the impact it has on your community and on the community of a company's organization. So from there, I went to Axios for a spell, another great company out of DC. I spent some time helping them to form partnerships with some really great PR firms. And ultimately, they did get acquired by Cox. So it was a really successful time. And then I started thinking about what would help companies as well as help partnership leaders to be more successful in their initial stages and growth stages of partnership. Awesome, awesome. I know alignment. I'm just going to dive in. We'll start hitting the questions and uh, coming up with, uh, you know, hitting these topics. But I know like alignment is such a big topic with uh, partnering organizations. Um, I'd like to just have you kind of share some of your insights with the importance of alignment and, and what does it mean to get alignment inside of an organization around partnerships? Absolutely. So one of the things I noted as I started to delve into the world of startups and partnerships, again, after doing it at HubSpot and seeing their growth was many companies did not necessarily have internal alignment on the goals of partnerships. And partnerships was kind of like a siloed thing. And many organizations with few resources. So I started thinking about what would help, again, companies and partner leaders be more successful? And it has to start, in my opinion, with a blueprint. So an opportunity to really understand where you're going with partnerships and how to get started. Internal alignment is the very first piece. In my opinion, before you hire somebody that is a director or VP of partnerships, it's really key to have those partner stakeholders, as I call them. Talk about what they want to see with partnerships, where it falls into the company's values and growth plan, and have at least a bare bones foundation to build that partner program on. Mm -hmm. 
So as I like to say, partnership starts here internally before we start really honing and crafting that external messaging, who we want to partner with, how we're going to better service our customers with partnerships. We need to think about how do we think of partnerships and value partnerships internally and how will we share in that success together? Yeah, I think you mentioned like, you know, even resourcing the team. This this is so critical. Uh, just starting, mm-hmm. I, I like how you also say is internal and external pieces. You know, a lot of times when we think about uh, alignment, it's how do we, uh, you know, align with our partners? How do we align externally? But man, it's you have to start off internally first and starting with the executive team or, or whoever those major champions are inside of an organization to understand, uh, you know, really should have like the corporate organization's strategic objectives mm-hmm. and then partnering, right? Build by our partner. What's the partnering component that we're going to leverage? And to your point, what are the very specific outcomes that we want the partner program or partner programs, plural, to do mm-hmm. for us? And then what are the resources that we need uh, in order to make sure that that they have uh, that person or that group, that whatever that function is, make sure <laughs> that they have the resources to be successful. Otherwise, they won't. <laughs> Absolutely. You're mildly successful at best without this step. And that is my love it or leave it truth is the success of your program really starts with those partner stakeholders. So one of the things I do, and I recommend companies do internally or with somebody who can help with this partner ecosystem blueprint is all stakeholder meetings. So anybody who touches partnerships, this includes the CEO or who that executive lead is. This includes the director of partnerships, the director of marketing, I prefer to also include the director of sales, VP of sales, like these people, as well as some inclusion with services. We can't ignore services because this is all part of that holistic approach to partnerships. So I do this meeting that people are like, wow, there's a lot of people in here and a lot of opinions. And that is by design. (laughs) We want those opinions. We want that brainstorming session. I recommend that be written down, have a scribe for that meeting. And everyone who's part of that meeting lists the date, list who it was involved, list ideas, let it be everyone's baby. So they take care of it. And that's a big piece of that initial brainstorm is the partner leader is not alone. They have that internal support and other people know what it is, how they can help and why it matters. Yeah, so critical. I mean, all the other team stakeholders that are in there, right? It's marketing, it's sales, it's product, it's mm-hmm. it's everybody, all of those other resources, they need to understand what is the partnering strategy and then how do I support them? Let me hit you with question number two, and that's centered around recruiting. But how do we know or what's some of those best practices uh, for finding the right partners for our programs that, that we're launching or that we have? So this comes down to a couple things when I talk about that initial meeting and all those stakeholders. I like to include a couple, I'd say top sales reps, because often the top sales reps are the ones who already have some kind of partnership going on, even if we don't have a formalized program from what I've noted, and a couple people in services, because they're in the they're in the nitty-gritty. 
they're hearing from customers and better understanding where partners may be able to help. So it's really asking that question of with our service, our product, what have you, where are there gaps that we don't necessarily want to fill, at least not right now, and where partners can come in and support our customers, let's say in a software capacity, to be even more successful with our software and tools and to help our customers continue to grow and evolve with our tools. Companies that are partnered with partners that help with execution have a much higher retention rate and they tend to be happier long-term customers. So I think it's really important to kind of get into that aspect as well. Um, so, you know, obviously there's lots of different types of, of partnerships that are out there. Certainly the, the sales focus or the indirect sales partnerships, uh, the referrals, uh, the, the channel partnerships, and there's also tech integration, other types of solutions partnerships. Um, which, which partnership types are most of your clients? Um, and then how do you see them, like the, the ecosystem approach, kind of what you're describing where look mm -hmm. at partners of partners, uh, you know, kind of just unpack that a little bit more to, to give people kind of a, a lane to think about when it comes to finding those ideal partners. Absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways I think about partners. Like there's many par programs, referral, solution, tech, tend to work a little more closely with solution and tech partnerships. And I feel they go hand in hand. Oftentimes I'm <clears throat> focusing deeper on one with the slight launch of the other and knowing that other one's going to grow depending on the needs of the company. So when I think of a solutions partnership, it's gaps and solutions your partners may need. In a context of a partnership like HubSpot, that might mean web design partners who can build on the CMS. That might mean content creators that can help with your marketing automation. That might also mean technical integration partners. So all of these partnerships are valid and important, but what we shouldn't ignore, what tools do they use every day and how can we help create that central hub? and bring that information together that supports sales, marketing, and leadership. So we're not living in a siloed world, but we're better leveraging technologies that go deeper into certain aspects of customer needs. So you've talked about uh, partnership committees before, and <laughs> maybe that's kind of a different concept, or, or maybe you know people really haven't thought about how do different organizations like organize partnering initiatives. And uh, I know you talk about partnership committees. Yeah. So so what is that? Uh, and, and kind of what recommendations do you make uh, for partnership committees? And then like how often should they meet? What should they talk about? Who should be included? Talk to us about partnership committees. I love partnership committees. Thank you, Mark, for the opportunity. Um, so I like to form them pretty early and often. After you've done your initial cohort of partners, you've let's say explored partnerships, you have three to 10 initials, it's going pretty well, and you have some that stand out. So my recommendation is to start thinking about a partner council. These people are going to be specially invited to share their experience, 
and where they would love to see the program go and grow. So a partnership council, a partnership committee. One thing I'm working on right now is partner day with another company. I love partner day. It was the favorite day of many of my partners at HubSpot. It was a way for them to connect with other thought leaders within their realm of importance in their industry, share knowledge, and also feel that they had a voice and where we're going to go. So it's that give and get. And they have a voice. And typically, there's executive leaders that meet with these partners that talk about, hey, what's going on with partnerships? How's it going? Where can we do better? And what are we doing really well? Those are the things we think about with a partnership committee. As far as cadence, I think a minimum cadence, you want to at least meet a couple times a year. I like to see a partner kick off um, that may include all or most partners, but in preparation for that kickoff, we should talk to the partner council and potentially highlight one or two of those partners as an example in that kickoff of what is going well and how can you also be like so-and-so who's really making this work financially and supporting their community and beyond. Awesome. I love that. So it's uh, essentially it's a group of your best, most engaged partners, the types of partners you want. And it's uh, it's an opportunity to meet with them periodically based upon a certain level of cadence, maybe quarterly or like you said, kind of at least uh, semi-annually and to get that feedback loop from them. I'm just a, I'm a huge believer in continual process improvement. My economist brain, I can't get away from it. Yeah, so I just think about process and efficiency, but certainly getting feedback from your partners, um, mm-hmm. understanding what's what has their experience been with your program, what's their experience been with other programs that are great, those recommendations, take advantage of the opportunity for those recommendations. You can make adjustments or, you know, potentially make adjustments to your program uh, to really improve your efficiencies, thereby hopefully leading to an increase in your effectiveness of that program. I certainly love that. Um, Meet in person, meet virtual, kind of what's what's a structure that you'd recommend? I, I will say this, virtual is effective. Let's say we do virtual every quarter, but if there is an opportunity at least once a year to meet in person, I'm helping to plan for an event in Boston, for example, it's going to be a handful of partners. It's not a big lift. And it's already around another kind of larger event that this company happens to be doing, which inbound is a great example of this. 30,000 plus marketers with a partner breakout day, a day before typically that you invite partners They could stay for part or all of the larger conference if it's relevant, but they're there to meet with executives, to meet with thought leaders, to see the vision and to help shape the future of partnerships. They are in the know first, not first, a company internally knows first, but they do not want to know about something through a press release that a customer told them about. (laughs) They need to be first because partnership is all about trust and alignment and, you know, NDAs and things need to, of course, be done, but they should be aware of major changes, CEO, executive chefs, major changes in acquisitions that are happening within the company. Um, 
during, right around or before when a press release would happen with, of course, the expectation and that partnership and that trust that that won't be shared until the company shares it. So let's jump into the next question, and that is around trust. All right. I mean, so we're, it's all about building these relationships. We talk about um, the, the partnership success pyramid, the five imperatives for trust or for, for partnership relationship success, the foundation <laughs> being trust in that. Um, what are some ways that, you know, partnering professionals can think about building trust, both mm -hmm. inside of your organization, which we've already nailed that it, it starts there. It starts mm -hmm. first internally and then going with your partners. How do you build trust there and the importance for it? Sure. And this, um, I'm actually working on a similar project right now. So it's top of mind. So thanks for asking. But partnership trust starts in the sales process. And even before that, it starts with how you message the partner program on your website, what expectations you're setting, how transparent you are about others you partner with, like your initial landing page, if you will, that talks about partnerships does not to be need to be very in-depth, but it should give somebody basic information that partnerships is a priority to the company and what at a high level is expected from partners. In the sales process, it's not just, hey, do you want to partner with us? What does that mean? What is that time commitment? Time is the most important, valuable resource we have. And though a partner program may be very successful, if we don't have an upfront contract, about what that time commitment looks like from the partnership and what the value is for that time commitment. Because as we all should know, a partnership isn't typically an immediate return as a new sales rep is. It builds over time and has that exponential opportunity. So we need to invest in that trust early and regularly with an agreed upon cadence and upfront contract. And I also coach on an offboarding process when expectations aren't being met. And it's not slamming the door. It's saying maybe right now is not a great time. Yeah. I love how you're mentioning, you know, just set those expectations up front, let partners understand what your program looks like. Um, I think one of the greatest things you can do in building trust is to, to be transparent, to set those expectations out there. And I, when I think of building trust, it's having your counterparts, whoever they are, whether it's internal to your organization or with, with your partners, if they, if they have to guess or if they don't know, they can't kind of predict how the relationship is going, then there's, there's kind of this feeling of, of not knowing, which is the beginning of, I won't call it mistrust, but it's maybe the lack of trust or you it's like the building process is slowed and so you know you'd mentioned you know transparency effective communications these things okay. uh, which those are the building blocks of of trust and you know you you'd also kind of mentioned alluded to if a partner is not necessarily um you know hitting the mark to give your organization what you need, or maybe even vice versa. Perhaps mm -hmm. for whatever reasons, your organization is not able to give them uh, the resources that they needed uh, out of the relationship. Sometimes the right answer is to hit pause. Uh, now is not the right time, or maybe this just isn't uh, the right thing for us. Let's let's shift gears on our last question here and, and hit okay. that very thing. How do you know, or kind of let's unpack 
when do you know that it's just not uh, a, a right partnership? And rather than have it limp along or just sit on a shelf and collect dust, mm-hmm. you know, does it make sense to actually terminate uh, that relationship? I think for it depends on the company is what it comes down to. I mean, there are certain relationships that don't last forever and that's okay too. But when it comes to that upfront expectation setting, I start with a ding email, as HubSpot used to call it, like an internal communication of who is this partner? Why did they partner with us? A little background on them. Who's the main point of contact? Who's going to be managing them? And this email goes out ideally to all partner stakeholders, at least, if not the whole organization with the option to unsubscribe if it's not relevant to them. But this creates more transparency internally with the value of partnerships and the wins that partnerships are having. And I recommend in those monthly or whatever you have company meetings, there's a highlight on a new partnership or how a partnership has evolved, because that again, sets that internal alignment really well. Now, as we offboard a partner, there's options. It's not just like you're done. Usually I at least recommend a three-part series. It's like, hey, things aren't really going according to plan. Link to said plan. We haven't been meeting our monthly cadence or whatever that is. And you haven't been doing X, Y, Z. Please schedule some time to talk about how we can realign. That's the first message. Second message is you didn't show up for a meeting. You didn't realign. You didn't schedule. Let's talk about what are the next steps and consequences should we not want to continue this partnership? And then ultimately the third email is just a breakup email, just like you see in sales. Breakup emails get the most responses, by the way. And that's good because that shows, you know, whether that's, yeah, you're right, it's not the right time, or actually something happened. And priority-wise, we do want to do this, but really next quarter's better. Then it's not you slam the door, it's that you reframe those expectations because. Every relationship has communication. And if it's gone dormant, we need to address that. Yeah, great insights there. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to uh, to share some of your insights with us. Very thought-provoking, all very relevant topics to successfully managing partnerships to success. But I appreciate your time. I am so glad to be working with you and your organization with Partnernomics. So I look forward to uh, many months, quarters, and years, hopefully, of us working together. Mark, I totally agree. It's been really great to get to know you and to better understand all the great things you guys are doing. And I look forward to continuing to partner with you and share knowledge. That's really what it comes down to is building meaningful connections that's internally and externally. And that's with great organizations like you and also helping share that knowledge. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.